Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another exciting episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. I am Mac. Of course, I'm always here joined by Joe. And I am Joe. Thank you to everyone for tuning in, whether you have been a loyal listener since day one or a loyal listener since this week. So thank you so much. We appreciate you guys listening um, and being a part. Um, We did um, have some... However few you are, near or far... Whether you listen to it on repeat or not, we certainly appreciate the listens. Yes. Just, put, just put it on your phone and walk away. Put it on your computer and turn off the volume. Whatever you got to do. Just kidding. No, we we, we do appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I have yet to come across a friend that listens to it on the regular, which I, I don't know if I should... Have you t- advertised to your friends? I don't have know. you told your friends? No, I'm talking you? people that you know, like work people and people we run into. Like everybody I ask, it's like, are you listening? Oh, I listened for like five minutes. And then I was like, uh, and I was like, all right, I get it. I get it. But we do appreciate those of you who stick with us, uh, at least, the you know, uh, stroking our ego, as it were. Um yeah, thank you. We, we we appreciate the support, and we're happy to to keep on keep the banter going as long as we can. So, uh, following that, I guess. Yes, um, let's dive right into it, sir. Uh, we did. We got um, some updates. Unfort- some some unfortunate updates, or some some bad updates. But uh, we got an interesting update first. Go ahead. Um, just to touch on the box office, kind of. Um, we didn't touch on it last week. We weren't here last week, obviously. So, of course, we didn't touch on it. Um, really, I don't really care about the other films that are happening now besides Barbie and Oppenheimer. You don't care about the films? Uh, in terms of their... Go ahead. In terms of their box office. Yes. Uh, Barbie is now at $1.34 million. Billion dollars. Million or billion? You sure uh, you got that right? Yes. One billion three point four million. Yeah, one point three million would be pretty. You are pretty pretty measly. It would be a pittance. Um, So now it does actually feel inevitable that it will pass Super Mario Brothers. Um, Super Mario Brothers is at one billion three hundred fifty nine million. I didn't. I did not think it was going to beat it, um, but it looks it looks to be kind of inevitable now. Um, Barbie is now officially. Um, or it will shortly be, depending on how this Monday goes, um, Warner Brothers' biggest, uh, biggest film ever. Um, it is, uh, right now, it's about $4 million or so. Again, by the time we're recording, this could have already changed. Um, behind Warner Brothers' biggest film, which is Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Um, so... Which one? Part two. Um, so Barbie, again... Massive success on every single possible level you can imagine. Um, you know, repeat viewings. Um, it's one of those films that you know, uh, yeah, it's a huge. It's going to be a huge awards contender. Um, it's it's hard to come up with new superlatives and new kind of praise for this film. Um, it's beaten every expectation and it's blown kind of everything out of the water. Um, and even with kind of all of the, you could say it's been beating the other competition down. Is that so a Barbie speak, phrase? So to speak. I don't know what that means. Beating down all the uh, all the Kens and from all the Ken competition, they're just beating them down. Beating them down. I don't, I don't think I understand the joke. Uh, so. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, it was a joke, yes. The well, Kens? What? Go ahead, moving on. Uh, yes, $1.3 billion. 
it's quite a success story for Greta Gerwig. She definitely has a loyal following. This is uh, Lady Bird, then Little Women, and now Barbie. It is yeah, it's massive I, I success. I don't know. I don't know if it's, there, is it's there, but, Greta Gerwig. But this of Ness, yes, question, inflation. Correct. Question. Correct. That's what I was getting to before you. What? Inflation, right? We have not; these numbers have not oh, been adjusted. I wasn't going to say that. Inflation. What I was going to say is, oh. is there going to be a Barbie sequel? Nothing is set right now. Um, Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie both did not sign, and Ryan Gosling uh, did not sign sequel deals. Okay. Um, so you're saying it could happen? It could happen, All but right. but six at one point three. It's 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 not a guarantee. No, it uh, wouldn't be guaranteed, but I think. We'll see. I, I will. I will, if I was a bidding man, I would put my money down that they're going to make a suit. Uh, I mean, I, I, was I think man. the. I was a bidding. What man. we've heard, what's kind of been out there, is that they're interested in making a Ken spinoff. Okay. Um, again, because the Ryan Gosling character, I think that is would count. Incredibly popular. That would count. Um, so maybe you could do a Ken spinoff. All maybe right. Barbie shows up and All says, right. "I was like a scene or two. Sure. But uh, you know, I don't know about a Barbie sequel. This film is okay. just so unique. Um, Again, I don't. I just don't know nothing. how you top it. In today's Hollywood, nothing is too unique that they can't make a sequel. It's a fair point. All right, um, but a massive success. That wasn't a knock on Barbie. It's no, just it's just, make, yeah, you're, you're making right. it seem like it's like I. I. I'm not disputing that you enjoyed it, and obviously, 1.3 billion dollars speaks for itself. I. I'm making the point that I, if I was a betting man, I'd bet on the sequel. Yes, and I don't know. You'll probably have a safe. And point. I don't know. That the quote-unquote uniqueness of the movie it holds a lot of weight these days, right? With sequels and remakes being churned out. Yeah, it's and probably a safe bet. Just my intuition. Um, yeah, it's but a anyway, safe bet. Um, Oppenheimer. On some, on some, oh, go, go ahead. No, I'm still going to just go with oh, Oppenheimer. Well, I was going um, to say the next thing when it pops up. You okay, let me know. That's fine. Yeah, you yeah. point to me. And this I will chime it. in. This is it. I want to give... Because I'm the negative Nancy on this podcast, and I will... Or negative Nelly, however. Negative... Negative... Uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're Who's going. Negative yeah, Ned. Negative Ned, I guess. Like Ned Flanders. Anyway. Uh, you t- you let me know. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just Barbie and then Oppenheimer again. Oppenheimer? I think Barbie and Oppenheimer, again, are, are somewhat inextricably tied. Right, because they open together. Oppen Barbie. Barbenheimer. Oppen Barbie. No, no why does it have to be Barbenheimer? It can't be Oppen Barbie. I just think it sounds better. Uh oh. Yeah. Oppen right. Barbie, because you're you're saying the whole Barbie name, like Barbenheimer, like it's 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 a mixture of both. It doesn't matter. Um, Oppenheimer. Oppen. So it's it's a mixture of both. Uh, Oppenheimer is at seven hundred and seventy-seven million dollars worldwide. Seven hundred seventy-seven. Yes. God dang. Craps. Um, Craps no, out. Very good. 777. It's currently the fourth highest film of 2023. Um, of course, behind Barbie, Super Mario Brothers, and, what was um, the other and one? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy. Which yeah. is at $845 million. I don't know if it's going to catch it. Okay. Um, but again, Oppenheimer is, in theory, an Oscar contender. Yeah. So it can play for a while again, yeah. especially as films... Joe, we'll talk about you this. You could say that the fallout from Oppenheimer may be long-lasting. Yes. Um, da, da, da. Uh, as, especially as potentially films continue to leave 
the fall space, there there's the potential for Oppenheimer to stay in to revisit longer. to revisit. Maybe. Yes, to absolutely. revisit since there's not going to be a whole um, lot of new stuff. And, and, and something cool about Oppenheimer it is currently the fifth highest grossing um, R-rated film of all time. Um, okay. It's it's behind Matrix Revolutions. It's behind the two Deadpool films okay. and uh, Joker, of course. Joker is the only billion-dollar film in that category. It will shortly pass uh, Matrix Revolution, so it will be the fourth film shortly. And then it actually has a chance to catch up to those Deadpool films, okay. depending on, on how long they stay on. Again, R-rated films typically have a much shorter just audience base, right, just because of the rating and stuff like that, so... Uh, but that's all I have for the box office. Joe, go ahead and give us the next one. Right, yeah, time to beat a negative Ned. I think it's uh, negative. I think it's just the it's, news. It's negative Ned. Uh, unfortunately, it has come to pass. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing this movie at the end of the year, but now it has been delayed. Of course, I'm talking about the other Warner Brothers film that was slated to come out at the end of the, the year in December, I believe. Dune 2, this was Denis Villeneuve's sequel, or part 2, uh, Dune 2. Uh, it has now been pushed back to March of 2024. So just when he thought we were out of, we were post-COVID, and movies were delayed because they couldn't, they didn't want to release them, and they were released to streaming, just when we were getting back into the swing of things, bam, the writer's strike, and now things are getting delayed. I'm not. I don't mean to 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 be uh, to be facetious. I'm just saying that it does kind of suck because I was really looking forward to seeing this film. Um, More the actor strike right now than the than the writers. Yes, strike, right? actors and yes, yeah. I'm sorry. In terms of this, the film. actors. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, but yeah, it was obviously uh, yeah. the original was the writers. Yeah, uh, and then the actors are supporting the writers. So I get that. Hundred yeah. percent. Um, yeah, definitely bummed out about this. Uh, but as as you said, I am just reporting the news. So, but yeah, I don't quite under. I mean, I you made the reasons. You gave me the reasons. There's no press tour. I can understand those reasons. However, then why? But why would they come out with movies right now? Then why would they, like? So there obviously is a cost benefit. There is a cost-benefit analysis that is happening. Apparently, I guess, Warner Brothers believes that by delaying the film, the cost of not delaying... So, the benefit of waiting Mm -hmm. outweighs the cost of delaying the film. Mm -hmm. And the the cost of not having the press tour would be too great of not having it would be too great for this film or at yeah. least that's what they believe. Yeah. So contrast that with say the movies that we're going to be talking about in September. Obviously those aren't getting a press tour. Right. So it's just juxtaposition is all. Juxtaposing um, the, between the two. I would say and finance. maybe there's something maybe there's something to be read into those films that are coming out now that won't get the press tour. I would say financially, all of the films that are coming out in September are at a much lower cost. Exactly. Um, in terms of like makes budgets, Make, makes sense. Um, you know, Dune itself is it's uh, nearly a two hundred billion dollar budgeted film. Billion. 
million dollar oh, budget said, okay, film. Million. If it was billion, it would never make its okay, money back. Million. Um, there's an article that came out in I want to say Variety, but I could be wrong. And it was how press tours analysts believe that without press tours, studios are leaving about thirty to forty percent on the table. Okay. So well, that's interesting. Perhaps you can reference that on our pod, and you can share the link with me. Yeah. Because I would love to read that. That would be fascinating. Um, It would add. Yeah. It would add some. uh, Some. You know. Context. Context and some evidence. Not that I don't support your reasons, but it would add credence, I would mm-hmm. say, and make me understand the opinion or that avenue. I was, yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. If you can find it. And I think that, again, I mean, I, you know, it's, uh, it's specifically a film that's a big budget film. Like Dune, that's a big budget film that has a lot of stars in it. A lot of, true. a lot of, true. Younger stuff. True, true. Right. Denzel Washington, I'm sure, is great on press tours. <laughs> but it's it's not the same as, as having, again, you know, a Zendaya or a Timothy Chalamet or an Austin Butler, right? Younger stars that attract younger audiences, right? That is that how it people, works? It could be. Okay. Right? People could go specifically to the film to see Zendaya. Right? To see, well, no. You, but again, you're, they, you're they're, they're going... You're equating young people. Yes, because okay. I think those young people watch social media. I think okay. they watch late night television shows. Got it. That's that's what I think. They watch late night television shows. Really? Right. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon. Young right? people are watching Jimmy Fallon uh, and Kimmel these Jimmy days. Jimmy Fallon's pretty hip, I think. I don't know. He's hip. Maybe not. He's not that young. He's not. He's been of... around for like. Yeah, he's been around for a while. He's, he's not SNL not... for a while, but okay. yeah. Um. So. All right. I'll, I'll Warner. You're not. It's okay. No. Nope. Warner's. What do you mean? No. I didn't tell you to say anything. I know you did. <laughs> Warners has still not made any decision about um, Wonka, uh, Color Purple, or Aquaman 2. Again, those are all December releases. Um, the Color Purple? Yeah. They're, they're, they're remaking doing, that? Well, they're, it's, they, it was adapted into a Broadway musical, and they're doing the Broadway musical version. So okay. it's, not, it's not a remake of the... With Lin-Manuel Miranda? No, I don't know. No. I just, just he's the only person I know that's on Broadway. So, pro, pro, forgive me for no. associating Lin Manuel Miranda, a Broadway not, guy, with the movie. Yeah, it's fair enough. That is fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, we'll see. Again, I, I think there are still there's still some some movement to be done. I, I think, but again, you know, Warner's is delaying it to March. So do they think that by the end of the year it yeah. will be resolved? Again, who knows. Uh, but we can move on. Nobody from knows. That. Nobody knows. Joe is absolutely correct. Yeah. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Oh, Zazu. Sing, sing something with a little more bounce into it. What's that movie from? What's that? Uh, Name it's that. from The Lion All right. King. Okay, good. It's because, yeah. Because okay. what? Yeah, I remember it from the movie, but I also remember it from the Broadway show. And then They say it in the Broadway show. They do it in the Broadway show, but every time... I've seen it. Zazu like can do a different song. Like one time he did Frozen, and one oh, time he funny. did something else. Oh, as the, there, as the Peppy song, as the song. And then there was like an article. There was like a question. That's funny. There was like a question That's about it, funny. and they asked the actor Why Zazu, and he was like, "I have the freedom to do any Disney song." Kind of in that, he's like, "So I just mix it up," which I thought was kind of funny. <laughs> so. That, that's a that's that a, is, okay. That's, that's clever. clever. I appreciate that. Though, so. We digress, but thank yeah, you. Good. About time you chimed in 
And uh, about time I chime in. No, I was just say about time you follow me off the beaten path here. Yes. All yes. right, you got Film reviews. A, a couple of reviews. Yeah, Curious, I, two very very different films. Yes, couldn't be more different. Couldn't be well, they could be, but they're, they're, sure. they're pretty different. Um, go ahead and tell one of them. You saw both of these in the theater. Yes, and these are not Cinequest films. Correct. Not to. Uh, uh, I know many of you may be wanting to hear our thoughts on Cinequest. We will be doing a separate pod about Cinequest, solely about Cinequest. Mac has seen a bunch of movies. I've seen a, a handful of movies. Um, and we obviously want to give those films uh, the light of day that they deserve. Um, again, this would be my first time going to Cinequest, so I kind of want to maybe dive into that. Um, this has been Mac's third year, so... yeah. Uh, we're going to do that on a separate pod. So we're only talking about films uh, in like AMCs and such. Oh, and really quickly, apparently yesterday was like the yeah. National Box Office Day or something. You could like go National see National Movie Day or something. National like that. Movie Day. You could sell yeah. a movie for like $4 or whatever it was. Yeah. Did you go see a movie yesterday? Is that uh, what? No. I guess it doesn't matter. It doesn't you, matter for doesn't me. It doesn't matter for AMC because you pay the whatever. Because I'm still paying the same price. Yeah, you pay the whatever. You get to see three movies a week for whatever. The but month I, but I heard Barbie had a great day yesterday. Yeah, there you go. Ticket, but so. imagine, just imagine if they had had the regular price. It would have been even more. Then it would have already passed Mario Yeah, Brothers. it would have already passed in Mario. All uh, right, go ahead. Though. The two movies. Um, yes, thank you, thank you for bringing Sorry. that up, Joe. We, I just we saw are... it on the news. I thought that was kind of funny. No, they were interviewing people from like, at least, okay, so we're recording this in San Jose. And they were actually interviewing people outside of the AMC in Saratoga, where oh, we go. Nice. And the only reason I know that is because there was a guy who was the ticket counter guy who I recognized. <laughs> well, he's yeah, just, no, I recognized him. Funny. And I was like, oh, hey, that's AMC Saratoga. So I was like, that's kind of cool. So anyway. Yeah. That's cool. Go ahead. Two um, films. Yes. I, I did see Blue Beetle, um, the latest film in the DCEU or DC Films. Blue Cockroach. Uh, it was a, just is, Beetle. Is that, is that a better name for it? No, it was Blue Beetle. Okay. It was, um, it was okay. It was fine. Um, you I have to give either a thumbs up or thumbs down. Uh, you can't do so-so. I'm going to go right in the, for right now. When you're done. When you're the, done with the review. It was, I, I liked the actors in it. Um, they're all kind of new actors, right? The younger actors. Um, George Lopez was funny being George Lopez, right? He does jokes and things like that. Because he's a um, Yeah, but it was a little weird seeing him in a superhero type film. Um, I'll say that. And it was, his his character was a little off the beaten path. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I don't want to say I'm over origin stories now, but again, we've had so many origin stories. Um, and kind of once we, it takes him a little while to become Blue Beetle. But then when he actually is Blue Beetle and he has to fight and he has to kind of you know, save his family, protect his family, and kind of accomplish the mission, then I was all in. Is he but, protecting him from a can of raid? Is that what he's protecting him from? Just <laughs> let that sit for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. That's, got, that's a good one. That's a good one, bud. Give me a break. Is it a Doc Ock? It's Doc Raid. I'm just gonna let that sit again. That's great. Just so you guys can come on. Can hold that's it. great. That's great. Uh. Uh, um, I I I think it's it's the film is 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 passable for me in the sense of like we'll go thumbs up but barely. Um, but okay. I, I I enjoyed the character though. 
I, I enjoy the actor. I didn't write it down, and I should have. He's, he's a new actor. Um, the actor playing Blue Beetle, I, I enjoyed his performance. I enjoyed kind of seeing him on screen. He's a likable superhero. He's a likable person. Um, I, I, didn't, I can't say that I'm in love with it or I'm, I'm rushing back to the theater. Um, but, but I'm interested to see where Blue Beetle could go next and, and where Blue Beetle can pop up next. Um, I, the box office for, for Blue Beetle has not been great. Again, whether you want to attribute that to just like The Flash, people are over DC films. Um, whether they didn't have a press tour, whether you want to, you know, maybe it's a combination of things. Maybe it's just an unknown character, right? All these things, superhero fatigue, whatever you want to call it. Um, so do I think there's going to be a Blue Beetle too? I, I don't. Um, I just think the box office was so low for the film that I, I don't see them doing it. Um, I mean, this film is probably going to finish around where The Flash finished, so it's going to be really, really low. Again, the budget's not as high, so there's some salvaging it in, in that sense. Um, could Blue Beetle randomly pop up in James Gunn's new DC universe? Yeah, he could. Because there wasn't there was one reference to Batman. There was one joke about Batman. It's the same joke that's in the trailer. Other than that, there's no other superheroes. There's no other references. There's nothing else. It really just is the story of Blue Beetle. Right? There's no other other superheroes that pop pop up to try and save the day or anything. It really is just Blue Beetle basically living in Miami, I guess, which is where Blue Beetle is. Um, or living in kind of oh, a... it would be a New York apartment. A futuristic... No, I'm not going to do that. Okay. Like a futuristic type of Miami or, you know, an, an, an Elseworlds Miami or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was good enough that, that I would I would not be upset if Blue Beetle popped up again somewhere in the DC Universe. They do but... pop up randomly. What do you least expect? When you turn on the lights, they pop up. Or they pop up and then they scurry away when the light goes on. So maybe if the lights are off, which is like that in the movie theater, then Blue Beetle will come out. Next movie, back. <laughs> Next. I'm just letting you sit. Like, you want to have the jokes. This is your time. Yeah, they're great. They're great jokes. I did see Strays. It's the, the newest um, Will Ferrell type of film. Um, he voices the the main dog. Jamie Fox voices the other dog. Um, it's from Christopher Miller and, dogs and Phil Lord, which I was a little surprised about. Who let the dogs out? Yes, um, who let the dogs out? Who did? Who? Who? Uh, I'm gonna say this film is, was probably a, a it's probably a, a pass for me. Um, overall, I, I wouldn't see it again. Um, it is. What didn't you like about? It's really vulgar in terms okay. of like the jokes. It's way okay. over the top. Okay. Um, the language again. You knew that going into it, but the language was really, really strong. Um, there are some things that they show on screen that I probably wouldn't uh, want to see again. Okay. Um, I certainly found some of the jokes funny. I certainly found some of the moments funny. Okay. Um, but overall, I, I don't think there's any. There's not much uniqueness to the film. Um, there's not much kind of, there's not really, really redeeming qualities to the film. Um, like I didn't walk out going like, oh, I feel better about myself or I have theoretical questions or whatever. Like I just kind of felt out, kind of walked out and was like, okay, what am I going to eat for dinner? Right. Like there was, there wasn't a lot to kind of grasp onto. Um, I will say watching the dogs 
speak. The CGI at times looked really clear and good. First off, it takes a couple minutes to kind of get used to watching the dog's mouths move. Um, and then it, at first it's kind of like, okay. And then there are some times when it does look a little funky, especially when they're like running or kind of on the move or something like that. When they're standing still, it looks fine. But when they're kind of walking and talking, it looks a little disjointed. Um, but overall, um, again, funny jokes at times. Um, but I didn't, I'm not necessarily someone that's going to go full crude type of humor. Maybe I just got older. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe if I was younger, I would have enjoyed the film a little bit more. Uh, but Strays is a pass for me. Okay. So that's all I have for film reviews. Um, hopefully I'll have another film review uh, next week. Okay. And that film is probably going to be The, the Equalizer 3. The Marvels. What? Where did the Marvels come from? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. There was a poster at AMC. It's not out yet. November. What's not on oh, this list? Okay. Right. Uh, in September, the first uh, Before one we I get have, to that, uh, because we were watching trailers and such, I did want to plug a few movies that looked quasi-interesting. Um, I don't know if you've heard of them. Are they uh, on this list? No. Do you... Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, do you have are they September movies? I don't know. Okay, go ahead. We'll do it afterwards. Well, go I ahead. didn't know. Nine one. Is it? Are the? I mean, is that part of the September preview? <laughs> no. Well, okay. What movies are they? Uh, no, we're doing it at the end. <laughs> September first, as the aforementioned movie that Mac mentioned. This is Antoine Fuqua's trifecta of equalizers. This is the third equalizer in the in the franchise in the film series. Denzel Washington, back with Dakota Fanning. She's much older now than she was in Man on Fire, but they are teaming back. Uh, yeah, Denzel Washington is fighting the Italian Mafia. Don yes. Corleone is coming back from the dead to fight, yes. to fight Denzel Washington. Yep, that's, that's the best preview I could have, could have heard about it, so we're going to so. move on from there. All right, but um, you're looking forward to it? I'm very much looking okay. forward to it. I think both Equalizer films have been... Great. Um, I Great. Yeah. So, I mean, Denzel Washington, cool. this is the only film series he's done sequels to, and I think it's pretty obvious as to why both films, they've kind of upped their game every single time. And then, of course, box office-wise, they've done really well uh, as well. So, 9-6, we are getting season two of I Am Groot on Disney+. Plus. Um, Disney+, Plus tells us that I Am Groot season one was a big hit. Um, but again, you know, just like most streaming services, they keep those numbers to themselves. Um, I am Groot again, not to, not to make a big joke about it, but they are shorts. Cause again, we are still on baby Groot. Um, so they're shorts, right? So they're, <laughs> right. so they're, they're just, that, that's the extent of your funny jokes. It's not, I'm not, it's not a joke. Like it is a joke. I don't You're know how else to say them. Small films. I mean, small, You're making a pun. I wasn't trying You're to make trying a pun to clown though. on baby Groot here. I was not trying are to... You, are you, are you a short-shaming Groot? <sighs> the film takes Jeez. place. The film takes... These, these series of miniature episodes... Okay, there. That's ...take fine. place um, when he is baby Groot. So, okay. Right? It's not it's not the Groot the size now or in Guardians of the Three. It's still when he is Groot. baby Groot. Yes, baby it's, Groot. it's just baby Groot. So, um, again, Vin Diesel returns... Returns to voice the character. Uh, 9-12. Uh, 
welcome to Wrexham Season 2 on Hulu. Um, Wrexham is the football club in Wales. Uh, again, the football club that's owned by Rob McElhinney and Ryan Reynolds. They are now in the English football tier, the professional tier, right? They are in League 2. So um, for those of you that are, are new or, or don't really know much about English soccer, obviously Premier League is on top. There's the championship underneath it, and then there's League One and League Two. So Wrexham is still very much away from the Premier League, right? They still would have to be promoted uh, three more times to get there if they were to ever get to the Premier League. Uh, but again, they are now in League Two. Previously, they were outside of the English pyramid of football, um, kind of as a well, you would still be professional, but you're just outside of that top tier. Um, part of what made season one great, I think, was um, it was the series took place kind of after they had already been promoted, um, but it really was kind of the story of the entire series, kind of all the way through until the end. This one, this season two, they're kind of doing it with the season that's happening right now, um, which again, we are Wrexham is now much much more popular than it was before in terms of that. So, you know, I watch like a, a soccer show on ESPN and I now get Wrexham highlights or kind of all these things. So, you know, I I don't know. I mean, I just, it, it's not going to be the same docu-series. It's going to be kind of like, maybe like a hard knocks type of thing where it's kind of like in season and we're kind of going through there versus like, hey, this is kind of at the end and we're kind of giving you everything. So, mm-hmm. Uh, but again, a huge show is hugely popular for, for Hulu uh, previously, so uh, it'll be back again. Uh, 9.13, The Morning Show, Season 3 on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, most of the main cast returns, uh, Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston. Again, if you watch Season 2, you know that Steve Carell does not return, which for me was the biggest highlight of the show. Yes, he played a, a really douchey, creepy character. Uh, in the show, but he was the best part about it. Um, and again, Steve Crowley, I think, is a really, you know, really stands out uh, amongst that main cast. So um, where are they going to pivot to now, kind of once this storyline, which was a main part of their first two seasons, um, this kind of Steve Carell executive, uh, you know, news person who basically Matt Lauer, right? That's kind of the character he portrayed um, with the sexual harassment incidents, kind of all this stuff, Me Too movement. Um now that that storyline's wrapped up, where do they go? I guess they got to kind of wrap up. Bring another douchebag, John, John Hamm. Well, I don't think he's like a new douchebag. Okay, he um, appeared to be like that way in the yeah. trailer. Maybe we'll see. I, it's a good point. I, mean, I don't. I just don't know. So, nine fifteen, a haunting in Venice. Um, this is the third film that Kenneth Kenneth Branagh is adapting and directing for the screen from the Agatha Christie novels uh, based on the detective, famous detective Hercules Poirot. Uh, of course, it was Murder on the Orient Express and then the um, less received, less well-received Death on the Nile, but he's getting a third film. Disney's giving him a third film. Um, also in the cast, um, Michelle Yeoh, fresh off her Oscar win and um, was a little weird to see this person in the film to start, um, Tina Fey. Uh, who I like, Tina Fey. I think she's great. I think it was just a little jarringly out of place um, to see her in this type you of could film. Could say it's haunting that she's in this film. 
Um, I, I, I in really enjoyed Murder on the Orient Express. I thought it was great. I think Johnny Depp was great in it. Right, part of the big that was a big standout of the film was Johnny Depp. Um, Kenneth Branagh again, great brings it all brings it all the time. Um, Death on the Nile again. I, I think the cast wasn't as great for that film. Um, I didn't really like the story as much. Uh, maybe I just like Murder on the Express the story better as well. A Haunting in Venice. I don't know if I'm going to see it uh, in part because uh, it's supposed to be the scariest novel um, that she's written about her from Hercule Poirot, and the trailers are very much kind of a horror type of a story. Uh, much more so than the other ones. The other ones were more detective-based and more kind of him solving the murder. I think, obviously, that's still going to be the biggest drawing point of the story, but it, it looks to be a little scarier. I don't know if you got that vibe kind of watching the trailer, um, but it certainly it made it, it looked a little scarier for me. It looks interesting. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't watch it because of the scare factor, but it did look... I kind of feel like these look better than the Knives Out films, but that's just me. I don't know. Maybe because it's based... Did you, have you seen one Maybe of because it's based off of a traditional, uh, you know, novels written by yeah. the great mystery novelist Agatha Christie. Yeah. Um, and Knives Out really isn't. Um, yeah, for I'm sure. I'm not saying Knives Out is bad, but I, I would say the idea of making the novels into movies sounds appealing because mm. I don't know that it's been made all that much like these movies or this subject matter Hercule Perot has not done a bunch of films right that was like a TV show yeah, a while back TV but show. yeah um, but yeah it looks very terrifying I'm not going to watch it but I would say it looks great yeah like if you like horror type films and such mixed with like I say Knives Out this is probably going to be right up your alley. Yeah. So, Kenneth yeah. Branagh does look great. So. Yeah. Do you want to introduce the next one? Uh, why? Because it's dumb? Uh, 9.15, the next film it's, is it's just... It's called Dumb Money. It's called Dumb Money. Dumb Money. Um, Apparently, this is, is, this is the GameStop fiasco. Correct. With Paul Dano... Pete Davidson, Pete Davidson. Vincent D'Onofrio, America Ferreira, yeah. Nick Offerman... Anthony Ramos, Sebastian Stan, Shailene Woodley, Seth Rogen. Uh, we're going to give a special shout-out to Mayala Harold, who uh, was in the show Industry on HBO. Um, she, of course, if you don't know, not that you would, she is a MIDI high school graduate, um, and she's kind of made her way through some other stuff. She was just on uh, Netflix, an episode of Netflix's Black Mirror. Um, she has some other stuff coming out. Uh, Mayala Harold is in this as well. Cool. It's directed by Craig Gillespie, who's done... Uh, Cruella, but has also done I, Tanya. Um, so it has some, if you want to call it, bona fides for uh, these types of stories. Why is that funny? Because <laughs> it's just, a, it's, I stole the line from a podcast. Um, some bona fides. Bona fides? Bona fides. Oh, because oh, you said it funny. Yeah. Because uh, you said it incorrectly. Correct, yes. Bona fides. Yes, thank you. Okay. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, no the, one's laughing at that joke, buddy. Ex except for no me. one knows what except you're talking about. Unless you watch the Levitard show. Um, except for me, um, I uh, I would rather looks, read the. Go ahead. You would rather read the. I would rather read the book because I don't is know. Is there if, a book on? I don't know if you caught that at the end of the credits, but the book. This is based off of a book written yeah. by Ben Meserick, 
who wrote The Social Network and yeah. Bringing Down the House, the name of this book was called The Anti-Social Network. Yeah. I, I haven't read it, but I kind of want to read it, especially if it's it. about... Yeah. Especially if it's about the GameStop fiasco. So we're going to skip the movie and just read the book. I will probably read... I would rather read the book. Was there something in the trailer that turned you off? No. no. But I just the fact that it's written by... The fact that it's based off of a book by Ben Meserich, I loved Bringing yeah. Down the House. And I haven't read The Social Network, but obviously that got made into a good movie. Yeah. I, I kind of want So wanna, wouldn't that make you want to watch this movie if it's a good no, movie? No, because I okay. want to read the book first. I'd rather read the book first. Got it. Right? Okay. Stimulates the imagination, buddy. Yes. You, do, you just finish books. You finish books like like a book a week. I think I don't you. Know I about think. That. Why would you question why I would rather read than watch a movie? Well, because you didn't. Well, you didn't read the Social Network book before. Okay. You saw the because I didn't Network. know that he had written it. Have you read the Social Network book? Not yet, but I'm saying the point being that I know that he wrote a book based off of this subject matter. I would rather read the book than see the movie. First, first, yeah. Because of course I'm not going to read the social. I'm going to be less likely to read the Social Network, the, or whatever, whatever the name of the book was. I don't know if it's called the Social. Network. I don't know. That's the name of the movie. Yeah. But in any event, I'd rather read. I would rather read the book first. Yeah. Because I feel like again it stimulates the imagination, and I I feel like that's a different medium. Um, and now that I know he wrote this book, I even more want to read it because it's, it's yeah. him. And I loved Bringing Down the House. Yeah. And I thought that book was way much, ten times better. Well, not ten times, but it was much, much better than the movie 21. Yeah. Which is what that was based off of. Anyway, I mean, this looks like a good star power film. Yeah, it's got a lot of people in it, for yes. sure. Yes, yes. But, uh, yeah, I... I'm, looks kind of funny. I, I do want to Doesn't see it. Doesn't it have Seth, yeah, Seth Rogen? Seth said, Rogen right? as well. Uh, nine twenty-two expend expend forbles. I don't know how to say this. Expend forbles. They just said expendables in the trailer. Just say expendables. Expendables number four. Um, again, you got you got, you got you, your. You asked for it. You got your. You got it. Your old, the rated R film, even though the others are probably rated R. Maybe I'm wrong, but it seems stupid to have a trailer where people are clamoring for a rated R movie when the other ones are probably rated R anyway. Were they not? I I would not know. Genuinely. Like that just sounds yes. stupid. Like I maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I I have no idea if they are. But I totally thought those other movies were rated R. Anyway, you got your regulars. Like you got your still. It's a slight, back. slightly different cast, though. It's not the same um, usual. Suspects. You got your yeah. I mean, Jet Li's not ones. in it. Jet Li's not in it. But you got Jason Statham. You got Sylvester Stallone. You, you got Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. I think he was in the other ones. You got fifty. You, you got, got fifty. 50 cent. Funniest line ever from Fifty Cent from one of those rap songs. What? It was a song called P I M P, and the and the lyric goes, "You can't get a dollar out of me." And one of my friends made this joke, and I it's so funny still to this Is day. Is it appropriate? Yeah. Okay. He says, you can't get a dollar out of me. And that's right, because it's 50 cents. And you can't get a dollar out of 50 cents, because it's not a dollar. Da-da-da. 50 cent in this film. Um, Who else is in it? Okay. Um, I, wow. A part I of me know. thinks maybe you just don't get the joke. Like I, like I have it, to explain it to you. 50 cents is not a dollar. Yes. 
so you can't get a dollar out of him because he's only fifty right, cents. But that's just his name, right? It's not. It's, it's a pun. <laughs> don't. It's a heck of a lot better than your bona fides. I didn't say it wasn't. I didn't say it wasn't. Bona fides. Nine twenty. Bona feces. Whatever bona the heck you said. Bona fides. Bona fides. Nine twenty-two. Uh, the Continental from the world of John Wick on oh Peacock. This is a. It's only a three-parter, so it's a mini-series, um, and it's basically how the Continental came to be, I guess, right? right? The character, the Ian McShane character, you see a young version of cool. the Ian McShane character. Right. Um, we need guns. Lots of guns. A stupid throwaway line in the freaking trailer, what, a la Matrix. Are you giving give me a break? Can't you think of something more creative? You have to throw that stupid line in there when it's not even Keanu Reeves. They did that on purpose. We need guns. Was Lots last, of guns. It wasn't even the last movie. It was like the movie before. No, 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 no. It was in John Wick 3. I'm oh, s- in this. In the trailer. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, he said that even in, in John Wick 2, which was, the John Wick series was stupid too. The guy says it in the trailer. You're not even Keanu Reeves. What's wrong with you? God. And they don't even have the guy, because he, they're making this anyway, even though the guy from... Uh, from the wire died. He's not even the guy in the series. I don't know his name. He was a good actor. He's the guy that plays like Lance the, Reddick. Lance Reddick. Yeah. yeah. He's not in it. I mean, he obviously he can't be, but there's no young Lance. It's not Reddick. the same. It's, yeah. It looks stupid. Yeah. Again, there is also. That's okay. Sorry. There Go is ahead. also. You can have an opinion. Um, there is also, of course, the, the John Wick spinoff film coming out as well. Starring Ana de Armas, I think, next year. Um, so, again, you know, all four John Wick films have been incredibly well-received and, and box office done well. Um, will they make a John Wick 5? I mean, who knows? Um, I, I don't think so. I don't think, I don't know how you can. Um, but, again, you know, they probably will. Um, but The Continental the from the of world John of John Wick. Wick. <laughs> yes. Uh, coming out nine twenty two. John Wicker. John nah. Wick Jr. I don't know. They'll figure something uh, out. They'll figure it out. Um, 929, uh, The Creator. Uh, this is from director Gareth Edwards. Um, his last film, and they advertised Rogue one. it. Rogue One. Yeah, it was Rogue One. He hasn't um, had a lot of work since Rogue One, I guess. Yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> He's uh, picking and choosing his projects extremely carefully. He, Rogue One came out in 2016. That's one way to look at it. Um, again, Rogue One was very heavily reshot, right? They basically reshot nearly the entire film. Um, yeah, because they, they changed directors in the middle. Um, well, Garrett, no, that was Han. That was Solo. Sorry, that was Solo. Um, they based Tony Scott basically came on board and rewrote the majority of the film, and then he was there kind of and did was in charge of the reshoots basically. Nice. Gareth Edwards was remained. The, the director credit, but everyone basically knew that he didn't direct it. Really, okay. again, Tony Scott is in charge of the Andor series, nice. right? Which is the Rogue One series, obviously the nice. prequels. So, so um, Tony Scott that does yeah, the like action. Man on Fire and stuff like that. Yeah, like does yeah. all the films. Yes, nice. that's Tony Scott. Okay. Um, cool. So nice. Gareth Edwards again, yes, he is technically listed as the director of Rogue One, but I think that they're using that mostly for advertising. Mm. Um, John David Washington. Who doesn't like John David Washington? And we'll talk about a Washington soon. Um, Denzel Washington. Okay. Um, why'd you look at me like that? I, I nothing. Okay. Uh, 
it very much is. It's going to be a film about how AI. Talking about George Washington. Like, no, what other what other Washington is there that you know? Uh, Denzel and his son. Yes, Denzel, John David Washington. Yes. I don't know the actress or actor who's playing the little kid. I don't know. Um, this looks to be like a Terminator science fiction it's like type an AI type of yeah AI science fiction film here. Terminator Two. Terminators take, taking over the world, and the, the humans are about to win, but there's a secret weapon. It's a human that's partially a robot, and it's in the, and it's in the form of a little kid, and John David Washington is going to have a crisis of conscience because he's, he likes the little kid. He doesn't want to hurt the little kid, but, right. the little, but the little kid can wipe out humanity, apparently. Right. So what is a Washington to do? We'll have to see. But are you going? I'm to not see it? interested. No, it looks like a Terminator type film. No, okay. thank you. Uh, Nine twenty nine, Gen V on Prime. This is the boys spinoff. Um, I wrote that down. I didn't even know it was a boys spinoff, but it looked yes. exactly like the boys. Yes, it's a boys spinoff. Okay. Um, which uh, you know, I, I mean, I like. You like the boys. I like the boys a lot. So I think, you gonna I check the, this I out? The, I don't mean I didn't love the trailer, uh, but again, why is I, that? I don't know. It's it seemed. It seemed. I mean, it seemed too much like the boys. I guess I don't know. Okay. Uh, you know, part of the boys, the appeal of the boys, is that when I first started watching it, was that it was really kind of the uniqueness of the show. Um, and then, of course, you start to watch it, and then you start to not relate to the characters, but you start to invest in the characters and their journeys and kind of all these things. Um, they grow over and turn into men. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, no. So, um, yeah, I mean, Gen V, I mean, mean, the Lost Boys? No. The Neverland? They are not. Okay. Um, But again, uh, you know, it's just, you're you're coming, you're bringing it today, I am. I am absolutely bringing it on top of it. I'm bringing the heat, buddy. Uh, Like 50, bringing the heat. So go ahead and and plug movies that you wanted to plug. Oh, thank you. Uh, Two trailers that I saw that kind of caught my eye. One of them looks sort of interesting. The other one I'm very intrigued and I might watch it. Um, the first one, again, and I don't know why, these just pop up when I'm looking at the trailers, obviously. A movie with Michael Caine called The Great Escape. I don't know if you've heard of this. Do you know what this is about? Apparently, he's like an old old uh, World War II vet, but he's living with his wife, kind of caretaking his wife, and they're obviously old. They're in their 80s or whatnot. But he wants to like do like a trip to France, because they're because they're apparently there's going to be some kind of celebration of whatever battle or something, so he kind of wants to go, but he doesn't want to leave behind his wife because he obviously takes care of her. But then it's but it's like a it seems like a fun film, like it's like going on an adventure kind of thing. Um, but it looks kind of interesting, like an emotional movie, like it because obviously he has an interest in not reliving, but maybe kind of dealing with some past. Wounds metaphorically and physically from the war. So anyway, it just looked kind of interesting. So when does that come out? I I, I got to keep remember to write these down. I, I didn't write it. Down. Okay. Um, I won't ask you the next one. And then the next movie is a Netflix movie. It looks kind of interesting okay. actually. I'm fascinated by this. I'm really curious. It's a movie. I really want to watch it. The the trailer looked awesome. Is it Rebel Moon? Is it what? Is it Rebel Moon? Rebel Moon? Yeah. No. Okay. Well, that's that's the new Zack Snyder movie. The trailer no, came out last weekend and like had the highest 
had the highest watch count for any Netflix movie. No, ever. it's not that. Okay. It stars Benicio del Toro, Justin Justin Timberlake, and Alicia Silverstone. This is called Reptile. Benicio del Toro. It looks it looks a lot like a true true detective type thing. Like Benicio del Toro is investigating some crimes or whatever, and there's a lot of shenanigans going on, and yeah, it just the trailer looked great. So, called mm-hmm. Reptile, I guess. And Reptile was, apparently, yeah, there's some murder that happened, and the, there's Benicio de Toro, de to, Del Toro is one of the detectives, along, and then there's, like, a few other characters who are also detectives, but they all don't, but the trailer made it seem like you don't know who's the one that, like, caused the murder or whatever. It's Justin Timberlake a detective? Justin, T- no, he's, he is the husband of the deceased. Got it. So his wife got murdered or something, but apparently there's like there was some guy like strange guy banging on the door and wouldn't you know knocked on their house. So it could be him. It could be like an estranged friend. It could be an ex husband. But the trailer looked great, and I'm really interested to see if this is a good movie. Do you have a director or anything? I didn't write anything That's else down. Other than that, it was a Netflix. Maybe film. it pops up on and it's like called a Reptile. October preview. Or it kind of came out. The trailer came out, I guess, a few days ago, fairly recently. It's probably an October movie then, so perhaps, we didn't miss it. Perhaps. Uh, cool. All right, we uh, in honor. Very applicable for the not for the September preview. Yes, in honor of was the great, great Denzel Washington, uh, Academy Award winner Denzel Washington. Um, his Academy film series Academy Award winner snubbed Denzel Washington. He's been snubbed many times for sure. Uh, Equalizer three, of course, coming out next this weekend. Um, we definitely didn't make my list. None we are going to do a uh, top ten. I think our top tens are going to be very different, um, just like the last kind of list we did. So I'm interested to kind of see where I'm it sure goes. I, I'm sure that we there will may be have, some some the same, but there will uh, be at least one, and I will be shot. I I am willing to wager a shot of alcohol for me if I'm wrong. Uh huh. And I don't know what you will do if you're wrong, but well, I'll I have a, a shot. Whatever. I have fine. a feeling that I'm actually going to choose the exact same movie for number one as you. Okay. I think I think you're going to be surprised by my number one choice. Uh, well, I think I think I know what you think my number one film is. We'll have to see. Um, so okay, so last time we did this, Joe, where you said we had five films in common. Okay, yeah. Do you want Do you want to make a guess on that? Or do you want to, not, Do you want to look at your list? We're talking quick? about just doesn't have on, to be in order. Not in yes. order, just on the list. Yeah. Do you want to take a guess? Okay. Real quick. Well, now I have a feeling. Now, based on the thing. Things that you preface this by, I have a feeling that I'm gonna I'm gonna go with. I am going to go with two. Two total. Two total. I think we have more than that. So you you deceived you deceived me. You're a great poker player, buddy. No, the number one movie I think is gonna. I be know, different. but you. But we you, have. I think we have more you, than two films you, in common. Though. Well, you. Oh man, you tricked me. That's okay. I don't think I did that trick was you. Good. You made you said the exact same thing as you did before. We're gonna have vastly different movies, and I, I said we're gonna have the I same movies. I bit on that line, hook, line, and sinker. So you think we you're had taking, massively you're taking, different? You're movies taking though. the over. I yes. take it. Okay, I'm gonna take well, the over for sure. I guess sure. I'm doing a double shot. Uh, I'll go first. <laughs> this was a difficult list for me to do, honestly, because not because 
So how I did, how I ranked this is I did his best performances. I did not do my top Denzel films. Sure. These are his best performances. Sure. So, top, well, technically you said the top ten films. I try to look at these lists as what is the best, what is, what is the best role or acting job that these actors or actresses do? Not necessarily my favorite Denzel movie. So that's what I tried. That was the lens that I viewed this as. Number 10 for me, this could be very, very low. I love this movie. However, Denzel does not shine as much as his counterpart. And I would say he doesn't give a huge wide range of his acting talents. Even though he's awesome in this role, it's an amazing movie. Number 10 for me, Denzel's film, 1995, Crimson Tide. Number, number 10. You like boats with submarines? You like movies with submarines? Boats with submarines. You like movies with submarines? Boats with submarines. I said boats, but I meant movies, obviously. Okay. Um, and you know that. Did, do I? Yes. I, well, I would assume you Number 10, that. buddy. Number 10 is a film we're not going to have that's matching. Oh, fellow. Um, it is Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. <laughs> it's uh, one of those. It is a Kenneth Branagh-directed film. Uh, he plays Don Pedro, kind of the leader of this war kind of conglomerate. He's not the star, right? Kenneth Branagh's character. Okay. Benedict is the star, but again, you know, Denzel Washington is a trained Shakespearean actor. He's performed Shakespeare on Broadway, on film, you know, just on regular kind of repertory stages in London. Um, so he's very natural kind of in this spot. He, you know, he's an incredible Shakespearean actor. Um, so for him to kind of do this part, it's really sometimes on screen, I don't want to deviate. Sometimes on screen you see Shakespeare films and you could kind of just tell that maybe these actors are, are not necessarily trained as Shakespearean actors, okay. right? They're not, they haven't necessarily gone to school for it or kind of had that upbringing per se, okay. but they haven't done it a lot. And kind of Denzel was very smooth about it. Like okay. it kind of rolls off his tongue. Um, so for you know for number ten it's much to do about nothing. He's a cool cucumber. Yeah, and it's a really early film. I think it came out like in ninety three or something like that, ninety four. Um, so I was around ten, ten, eleven at that point. And I remember my parents like renting it or like buying it. And I remember watching it again. I loved Shakespeare even as someone who was young. Old. Yeah, I remember seeing Shakespeare, and that was one of my earlier kind of Shakespeare kind of full experiences. And I re I just watched the film a lot. Like I really loved it. So cool. Number ten, much to do about nothing. Um, number nine for me, again, uh, he is the co-star in this film. He certainly has a lot more to do than he does in Crimson Tide. Not that he doesn't have a lot to do in Crimson Tide, but I think his, his, his range is on, more on display here. He certainly has a lot more screen time than the counterpart, which is Tom Hanks. Um, this is a great film overall. A great performance by Denzel. I would say he is he, even though Tom Hanks is the main character. I would say that Denzel not outshines him, but he bests him by a little in his performance. Um, and that is 1983, Philadelphia. Number nine is a film I can almost guarantee is on Joe's list at mm -hmm. some point, maybe higher. Um, and I was surprised that I found myself writing it on this list, but I, I really enjoy it. I've watched it, um, you know, in the last okay. couple months. Um, it's Remember the Titans. Um, I, I didn't remember liking it as much as you I did. You didn't remember Remember the Titans? No. I, <laughs> That's what you said. 
I didn't know. I simply said, I didn't remember liking it as much as I did, and then I rewatched it, and again, there were moments where it's cheesy and it's kind of over the top, and I get it. Um, and I, that, you know, that, but it's a, you got to remind yourself it's a Disney movie, right? And it does kind of hit those moments. It kind of hits those things, but it had, I think it has a good message. Ryan, I, I think young it, Ryan Gosling, very young Ryan Gosling, but again, it hits on a lot of cultural things too, right? The, the differences of, of the two teams kind of coming together yeah, at a great. certain time in, in this country. Um, and again, Denzel is, is, is powerful in this role of, the, of this mm-hmm. coach and he's great. this kind of father figure and leader and, and uh, kind of all the trials and tribulations that he goes through. Right, He's not just coaching this team. He's really kind of trying to bring this town together in great. a certain sense. Yeah. So remember a, the Titans, number that's nine. That's a great pick. Great pick, buddy. Uh, number eight for me, again, I watched this movie, rewatched this movie recently. I love this movie. Um, again, Denzel doesn't, he does not get the majority of the screen time at all. Um, this is one of, again, I could be wrong. He may have, I, I, this is certainly not his first film, but I think this may, you could argue perhaps that this is the one that kind of solidified him as being an up and coming star. Um, he's not the headliner, but he is a awesome, awesome secondary character and extremely powerful in terms of his, his the role he plays, it is very very believable. Um, he he does this role with such emotion that it's 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 easy to forget um, that he's acting like to to me like he's that believable of a character. But he's not the main guy, um, certainly not. But he he does have some extremely memorable moments in this film, and that film is a film I mentioned before I rewatched recently. Great movie starring Matthew Broderick, uh, Morgan Freeman, and Denzel Washington. This is 1989. And Carrie Elves. 1989, this is glory. That's another, I know that's a film you like. Great movie. I sure. love that movie. Uh, number amazing. eight is the aforementioned Tony Scott's Man on Fire. Sure. Um, I, I really I think it's a great performance. I think you know, Dakota Fanning as a child actor does really well. I think it it, it, proved, it has some genuine um, kind of intense moments. Um, and, and again, I again Denzel leads the cast very much, and I, I'm impressed with it. And, and I think it's, it's a good rewatch, too. So Men on Fire is number eight for me. Uh, an interesting choice here. I don't know if this will make your list. Make your list. Perhaps it will. Uh, again, I don't. When I say recently, I don't mean like in the last week or month. I probably watched this movie six months ago, but I hadn't seen it since I saw it in the theater. Uh-huh. And I remember watching in the theater. There was a lot of hype built up about this film because of the director was a very noteworthy director, and the movie was advertised as the same director who directed Forrest Gump. So there was a lot of hype on going into this film. But when I watched it when it first came out, it came out in 2012, I didn't think it was all that good. And I rewatched it, like I said, in the last six months, and he plays such a great role. Um, again, this is obviously later in his acting career, so he has a huge range in terms of he's, ha- he's happy, he's sad, he, he, you see all the raw emotion, and it's just him. I mean, there's other actors in this movie and actresses, but he is the star. Um, it's a difficult watch at times because it deals with something. And, and again, and the movie is not what you expect. It's, it was advertised as like some 
you know, thriller type film that you don't know what's happened or what's going to happen. And it's not that at all. It's, 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 it's more of a drama, serious drama and a sad movie, um, especially the ending. Um, so the, the movie I'm talking about, the director is Robert Zemeckis and the movie was flight. Okay. Number seven. I genuinely don't think I've ever seen that movie. Okay. So do you own it? I do. I'll watch it sometime. Correct. Yeah, I do. Flight. Okay. So far, we have not had any duplicates. Just want to point that out to you. What number was that? For you? I'm number seven. So number seven number for six. me is Philadelphia. Okay, so there's um, one. So there's one. Okay. Um, and uh, for a lot of the aforementioned reasons, Joe said, right, again, you want to say Tom Hanks is the character that's going through it. More memorable. Right? And it's, yeah. you know, he's the one that's dealing with it more. Denzel's kind of... The lawyer, right? I mean, he's that, and but I, I still think it's a powerful performance. Mm-hmm. I still think Agreed. it's, you know, Tom Hanks's performance. Um, it's it's helped because of Denzel's performance, mm-hmm. right? The two of them together, yes. right? Yes. Two what you would consider two strong actors, yes. kind of have to up their game to act with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's a younger Denzel too, right? Yeah. But even then, you could tell that he's. He's in command as yes, an actor. Yes. So number seven is Philadelphia. Number six, doubt this makes John's. Li- I doubt. I doubt this John's makes list. Yeah, I doubt this makes Max list. I don't know who John is, but that's well. Right. John is actually the name of this movie. John. John Q. Uh, uh, I know. Not, I know. Mac really doesn't like this film. That's okay. Um, came out in two thousand and two, but again, I feel like he's definitely an emotional guy in the film. Um, before there was that. Uh, what was that film about that guy who holds up the bank? Just came out for uh, for Denzel Washington. No, oh, the guy from Star Wars, the oh, new yeah. Star Wars. Oh, um, John Boyega. Yeah, John like Boyega. Breaking or something. Yeah. Like that? yeah, Like before that movie came out, then the reason why I didn't like it as much is because it reminded me a lot of John Q. Um, okay. John Q. I it came out in two thousand and two, um, and obviously it's about. A father who is concerned about his son, and he wants. To, and yes, there's some undertones there about paying for health care. Um, I get all that, um, and it and it can be. I don't know. I don't want to say silly at times, but it definitely takes a lot of liberties in this film. But his performance, I feel, is is you can't argue with his acting. Um, again, you'd see the raw emotion of a dad who is concerned for his son who wants to get a transplant for his son and he's willing to do anything to make it happen. And he's kind of like at his last, he's on his last strand here and he kind of goes over the edge, but he does so in the name of his son, which I think again, is not saying I, I condone his behavior, but it's certainly understandable and I can respect him trying to having no options, do something, whatever he can, even if it's the wrong choice. But anyway, John Q. That was number six. That was number six. Number six for me is American Gangster by the director Ridley Scott. Um, I is a based on a true story, but I understand, of course, that there are a lot of events that are hyper, you know, hyper analyzed and exaggerated. Certainly, Um, but I I thought the first. I think it's a fascinating film. Um, It's really interesting. Again, Russell Crowe is the other character, right? Who represents the law and represents what you would consider the good guy um you know denzel washington 
in many ways is Denzel Washington in the sense of he's very charming as this person kind of has a lot of friends right my kinda, man right you know he's kind of there and my man. um he's you know it's easy to see why people would follow him it's easy to see why he can even though he's a drug dealer and everybody knows he's a drug dealer he can kind of sneak his way into kind of high society to a certain extent be friends with nicks and professional boxing professional boxers and you know kind of these things like that but there are moments in the film when he's a killer and you see that he's a killer and you see that he he's not going to compromise who he is right that he it's again it's not emotional outbursts it is intended to make you scared it's intended to put you in your place right one of those opening scenes where you know all the brothers are kind of in this kind of shop and then they see the idris elba character uh who's there and he basically kind of breaks his hand and then he shoots him like i mean it's and he's like a stone cold killer like he shoots him right breaks, in the middle he breaks his hand he breaks his hand in the beginning right and then he shoots him no he doesn't break his hand at the beginning oh, go ahead okay maybe i'm remembering it wrong That's then okay. um but yeah i mean i just uh i think it's a great film and it's number six for me okay you're close okay what is your break I'll tell you. Uh, where am I? Number five? Yes. Number five. Uh, and and this, Okay. Agreed. I think you won. I'm going to have to take a shot on this because I think, yes, there's limited number of options here and these are all great movies. Number five for me, one of the very, very few Spike Lee films I own. Not, not too many. Um, to me, he's kind of hit or miss. Most of the time, I feel like I miss... He misses on... In terms of speaking to me, um, he has a certainly he has a unique style of of cinematography and storytelling. Um, but he's obviously worked with Denzel a few times, more than a few times. Um, this movie was to me again. I understand that some people have a different affinity towards other Spike Lee films. I enjoyed this Spike Lee film the best. And again, it's an ensemble cast. There's obviously some other characters and actors and actresses in it that are great actors and actresses in their own right. Denzel's the star. Um, and I would say I have to put this because again, he's he is the he steals the screen, he steals your attention whenever he's on screen, even though there's a plenty of other actors and actresses in it. Chiwito Ajiafor, uh, Willem Dafoe is also in it. We also have the late Christopher Plummer, Jodie Foster, and Clive Owen. Uh, this is Denzel against Spike Lee, 2006, Inside Man. Great, great film. To me. Number five is Training Day. Um, it is the film that he has. He did win his Oscar for. Um, again, a lot of people would argue it's you know too later. You should have won it before. Uh, but it is a commanding performance. He... Right. I mean, everyone kind of remembers that quote when, you know, he says King Kong and got, right. I mean, it's, you know, there are moments that he has, obviously the he's, he's the, he's the corrupt cop. Ethan Hawke is kind of this, you know, newbie who's kind of seeing this world. And, and again, uh, you know, he's step into the office, baby. Yeah. He's <laughs> such a, right. He's such a Dre in the background. He's such a, bad person snoop is in it andre is in it. yes um it's such a bad person that you again you don't root for him 
as as an audience member, but when he's on screen, it's like he's energetic and he's enthusiastic and ready. You could again, you could see why. Maybe this is just the Denzel Washington effect that you could see why a lot of people like him or he's personable or kind of these things. So, Training Day was number five for me. Uh, now we're getting into the cream of the crop, and I'll try to make this quick because I know we're kind of going over time. Uh, this is the other Spike Lee film. Again, I don't like this movie nearly as much as Inside Man. However, I cannot deny Will or I cannot deny Denzel Washington's acting in this film. He makes the film what it is. Um, again, I don't like this note. It's not even in the same discussion to me. This was probably like a three-star film on my list. But again, Denzel Washington is the reason why I have it. Um, the story is kind of interesting at times, but it, it, it's I feel it's clunky. Um, and I'm confused by the ending, um, by the symbolism there. But be that as it may, Denzel Washington is awesome in this. The other Spike Lee film, 1998. He got game. We got game. Who got the game behind the game? That uh, was yes. Flavor Flav. Yes, and the group that Flavor Flav is Yeah, Flav I don't remember in. the group. Okay, forget it. Public Enemy. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't have got it either until you said something. Number four is the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, another there comes the Shakespeare. Another Shakespearean two. adaptation. Uh, Ethan Cohen, of course, was part of the Cohen Brothers. Um, he directed this on his own. Um, again, he plays the title character. Obviously, again, Macbeth is is one of Shakespeare's great villains. Um, it's a character that, um, in many ways feels undeserving of the opportunities he's been given, right? He is someone who's very much always been a loyal soldier and always done the right thing. And that's how he's moved up in the world. His wife kind of pushes him to murder and he's conflicted about it. Uh, but then once he has done it and he's accomplished his goals, again, I'm not spoiling a Shakespeare story that's thousands of years old uh, or whatever it is. Um, he becomes king. And so once he's there, he understands the ruthlessness that he has to do to maintain it. Um, and I think it's a great commanding performance, again, in part because it's just a great character. Um, and again, he's so good at Shakespeare. Uh, number four is The Tragedy of Macbeth. Tragedy of Macbeth. Good choice. Uh, I can Nominated agree. for an Oscar. Didn't win. Got it, got but should have definitely beaten Will Smith. What was that so. year... 2022. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Give Should it, have beaten Will Smith. Give it to him. Forget Will Smith. Yes. Slap her around the world. <laughs> Should have been rescinded right then and there. I mean, I'm just not saying that. Immediately, just, just a better immediately switch the envelopes right when that happened. Yes. In any event, uh, that sounds like an interesting role. And I can certainly appreciate those kind of stories when it comes to Shakespeare. Uh, I'm on number four. No, I did number four. Yeah, that number was three. He Got Game. Number three. This is the aforementioned movie that Mac mentioned. Uh, this is American Gangster. So let me kind of refresh your memory. There are two characters that he kind of... You got you combined the instance of the hand being broken mm -hmm. and him shooting somebody to the same character, and it's not. Denzel, it, okay. is, it is like his lackey that he slams his hand into the keyboard, into the piano when they're having a party because he was being all like mischievous during the party and spilling things or pulling out a gun and he shot somebody or something. 
Idris Elba is a different character. He doesn't break his hand. He literally walks up to him on the street because he's, like, selling the drugs that Denzel has, but he's changing the name or something. And so then Idris says, like, oh, you gotta, you got to pay up, man. you got to give me your cut or whatever. And he's like, nope. And then he caps him right in the head. He doesn't, like, he doesn't break his hand. He just shoots it. I don't remember him breaking his hand. Okay. Um, could be wrong. But Denzel is awesome in this film. Absolutely awesome. Uh, love this film through and through. Uh, it's a great film to watch, especially if you can rewatch, if, especially if you can watch the extended edition, because there's more scenes to it, like at the very end of the film where you see Russell Crowe talking to a Denzel, like in prison, trying to like work out all, you know, so that they can, they can uh, bring down all the people who are corrupt and everything in the police department, et cetera, et cetera. Um, to get a lighter sentence. So they become kind of friends, I guess. And maybe they don't in real life. I don't know. But, and then at the end, he kind of goes out of the, he kind of, he kind of gets released from prison and Russell Crowe is there to pick him up. So it's like, there's, I don't know if that was in the actual, the original, but it's in the extended edition. It's a great film. The music is great. Everything about it is awesome. The acting is awesome. And Denzel is obviously the ringleader um, in more ways than one. So American Gangster for me, number three. Number three is Malcolm X. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a fantastic film. Um, again, Malcolm X, a very controversial person in real life. And again, I don't think the film the film doesn't shy away from the controversy. Um, and, and he doesn't shy away from the controversy um, as the character. Um, you know, really kind of a truly, and again, a person that got assassinated the film kind of follows that his career kind of all the way as a young person to kind of how he got his beliefs to kind of all the way through his life, which was, which was, you know, cut early, uh, or ended earlier than, you know, kind of a natural life, I guess. It's not the, that's not the correct way to say that. Yeah. We but, know what you're um, yeah, Pre- again, premature, premature. And yes, his life. there you go. Um, but again, he's right. It has a lot of the Malcolm X, speeches in it right again it's this very commanding person this commanding voice and i think he really kind of slips into the character so number three is malcolm x um number two for me probably a surprise maybe a surprise for mac uh but this actually made my list um i would say the movie again denzel should have gotten an academy award for this i think mac knows the movie i'm talking about um the movie itself is incredibly done, and Denzel, obviously, he is not the only star of this movie. Um, he is obviously, uh, shares the screen with, uh, I should have wrote it down, but I don't remember, that's alright. Um, it's based off of a play, and normally I don't particularly care for these movies that are that seem like I'm watching a play, but... And this movie, I wouldn't say, is like the best movie I've ever seen, but it is great, and Denzel is amazing in his role. Um, Again, has a ton of screen time. You see a wide range of his acting, from happy to sad to angry to, you know, emotional. Just all these emotions, like, in a span of two hours. Um, I can't remember the wife's name, the actress, Viola Davis. She's also amazing in it. Um, so it might, you might be somewhat persuaded to overlook Denzel's because Viola Davis is so great, 
but I, I feel like Denzel is the main character in the in this movie slash play, and it's it's great to see him like I say you know as I say in this tragedy of a movie, um, a wonderful wonderful story. It's raw. It's intense, but it's not. It's very I. I want to say authentic and seems to be very not, it doesn't sugarcoat things, which I appreciate. Um, uh, this is the play based off of the play, uh, 2016. This is fences. Yep. Uh, base that's number two. That's the same one that I have wow. is fences, um, based on the August Wilson play. Um, I, I, you know, I think Denzel Washington is, is the lead in it, right? I mean, he is the leader of the family, kind of, as you'd call it. Um, it's a great ensemble piece. Again, it's very much a theater piece in the sense of a lot of the other actors get their chance to shine, right? They get their moments, um, especially Viola Davis, right? And again, this I think this, this adaptation works specifically because of both Denzel Washington and Viola Davis together. Right again, you talk about two powerhouses kind of combining. Um, she won uh, an Oscar for this. Um, they both actually won Tony Awards for their performance in Fences. They performed it on Broadway together. Um, but nice. he he was nominated for an Oscar. He, of course, he was the director nice. of the film as well, um, which, again, you know, acting and directing, it's, it's a big thing. Um, and, and I and I just I love the play overall. I love kind of the journey that it tells, um, and the lessons that it tells you. And again, a lot of the the hard truths about growing up as a family and kind of what being a family member means, and you know, reaching for your dreams but not necessarily succeeding in them. And you know, the idea of what a fence means, right? It's not to keep people out, but to keep people in, right? It's kind of all these all these metaphors for life and all these things and. Um, August Wilson's an incredible writer, one of the greatest American playwrights ever. Um, so to have this piece adapted to film um, was fantastic. So, right. Number two. Uh, number one uh, for me is the movie he did win Academy Award. Of, I, I, and I could be wrong, but I think we've done this list before. Uh, my number one hasn't changed. Um, I, I want to say we did this list when we first started the pod or not within – the first six months of doing the pod, which is okay, um, but in honor of the Equalizer 3 coming out. Um, this movie's still number one for me. I do want to rewatch it. I, I, I feel like I, 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 want, I want to because I want to revisit this character and how incredibly powerful his role was. It's a very... It's as, it's, it's as equally as intense as Fences, but also very different in the type of person he plays. Um, he does play absolutely a ruthless character. It is much more so, he is much more ruthless in this movie than he is in American Gangster. And I would say that the only criticism I can give of American Gangster is that it reminds me a lot of this movie. Um, so it does seem like he's a similar type character, but not as good in American Gangster as he is in this. And that, of course, is Antoine Fuqua's Training Day with Ethan Hawke for all the reasons Mac mentioned. Yes, he does. He does. I don't want to say he has a ton of memorable lines, like one-liners or whatever. It's not a comedy, but 
he does have that one where he's in the street, and but I would say he is just absolutely outstanding in his role. It was definitely well deserved, probably overdue um, to get an Oscar for something, um, but he continues to churn out movies. I know some of them. Yeah, I'm not super interested in Equalizer, but watching some of these older movies in the '90s and even the early 2000s, he is just absolutely outstanding. So. I really enjoy his films, um, the ones that I've seen. Definitely going to have to give a rewatch. I didn't put Remember the Titans. I'm surprised. Um, I no, that didn't it. make the cut. So the honorable mention, I'm just going to mention the movies that didn't make the cut. But I didn't include Fallen, which I like. Again, it's a great movie, not so much because of his acting. Remember the Titans, I didn't include. The Manchurian Candidate, I didn't include. The Great Debaters, Unstoppable, I did not include. So... Um, yeah, those are the ones that I, 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 I was actually on the fence for Unstoppable because I think he's great in that action role, but I couldn't, I could not get rid of Crimson Tide. So I had to edge out Unstoppable, but that was the one that I was like on the fence about. Not so much The Great Debaters, although I do like that movie too. Um, but I'm happy with the list I have. Training Day, number one. Antoine's great. Number one uh, for me is He Got Game. Um, I, for some reason, I absolutely love this movie. Um, I think this was probably when I really, really was starting to get into basketball. And I think I really kind of just enjoyed it. Um, again, I, I love the, the intricate sequences of the film, right? Where it's kind of, you know, he's not only is it drawing back to like his father when he was playing basketball, but it draws back on like the history of New York basketball and kind of talks about the legacy of, of basketball players coming out of New York city. And again, the idea of being right. A, a highly coveted athlete was something that intrigued me. Not that I was ever like a highly coveted athlete, but it kind of became this thing, right? It was, it was LeBron James before LeBron James. Right. And again, just a movie. Right. But again, it, it was just fascinating to watch. And uh, I can't say I'm a big Ray Allen fan on the court, but I thought he was great in the film. But this Denzel, the film is led by Denzel Washington, and kind of the Jesus story that he goes through. Yes, right. And again, I just I thought the basketball scenes no. were really yes. Sorry, Jesus, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Jesus is his son. Yes, Jesus Shuttlesworth is Ray Allen. What was the dad's name? Uh, Something Shuttlesworth. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I love the music. I love right the fact that when I mean, he stays at Coney Island, right, I think is kind of funny and kind of really appropriate for like a Spike Lee film. This is very much a New York City. Spike Lee type of a film um, and, and he just you know Denzel Washington just delivers and again the kind of the empty promises of kind of going forward and kind of what that means and um, yeah I just I, I really enjoyed kind of everything about He Got Game so we Joe we ended up having five films together and uh, we did not have the film that you had no. thought so um, I guess I had to drink a double so we'll have you on air next time drink a double um Next How about week? I just do it right now? I mean, you don't have it set up, so we don't want to. Wait I can for grab it. the bottle. That's okay. But aren't you going to go over the last thing, or we don't? Got uh, I think we we're we're, we're pushing time it. a little bit right. right now, and I want to make sure that I give ample time for for the theme park at Disneyland, Disney California oh, theme park. Yeah, we can't skip over uh, that. Halloween yes. time! It's Halloween. Halloween fun. time um, officially starts on September first. So um, again, we'll go over this next week um, on the full pod. We're working out a schedule right now. 
Um, and when I say working out a schedule, it means we just haven't determined a date yet. Yeah. Um, for the Cinequest. Yeah. Um, Cinequest ends on Wednesday. So I think we're looking at maybe Thursday or Friday. In Mountain View. Yeah, we're hopefully going to have, um, we will have another full uh, podcast next week as well. But again, hopefully in between we'll have a Cinequest special pod in there Great. as well. Yeah. Um, as always, please like, share, comment, rate, review, and subscribe. You guys are amazing. Thanks so much for listening. And Joe's going to take us out of here. My man.